Stars Lending Leaders. This week, uh, we are in our summer session between two firms home buyer series with Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode three, so we've already covered the beginning of the process and the realtor experience. So if you miss those episodes, please go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the one that I think everyone's the most exciting excited for is uh, how you got your mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've been in the industry for basically forever because mm-hmm. um, you grew up on the title side. Yep, and at 35, I've still never paid a mortgage. Ask me again in two months, but I've never had a mortgage payment, never had a mortgage. Um, so it was definitely an interesting process going and trying to figure out how to, um, how to do that. So do you want to tell us a little bit about, so how did you find your lender? Let's start mm-hmm. there. Yep. And what were your criteria when you were looking for it? So going throughout this whole process, I cared a lot less about the sticker price of the house. And I just looked at it in terms of monthly payments of what we can afford, what our monthly payments are now related to housing um, and relevant taxes, and then how they're going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, so that gave us our budget of what we were working with. And then you kind of had to go backwards of based off whatever interest rate and other payments you're getting, um, how do you kind of back into the number and then also a, a budget that, that makes sense for you all. Yeah. Um, so we had gone through, this was still right around the time of increases in mortgage rates. So our original prequal, we were quoted above 5%. Um, yeah. And at that point I knew I wasn't going to go with that particular lender. Um, however, um, it was a prequal. It allowed us to go and um, shop around um, and that was where we started. And I think for, for us, um, it was helpful being able to explain to my wife kind of, you know, DTI of, you know, we probably, this is what we could get approved for, which is also different than what we actually want to pay too. Because mm-hmm. one thing that DTI does not take into account is your daycare. Um, and for us, that was substantial. So we definitely had kind of a set budget of what we felt comfortable with. Um, and that was something that we were, were able to um, stay with. And so I got a prequal. We started looking. I knew that was going to be enough for us to make an offer. Um, but beyond that, um, I wasn't really sure where we were going to go because I knew I didn't want to go with that particular lender. Yeah. Um, so I got a recommendation from the realtor. Um, it was, I believe, a, a broker in the area. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out to Steve. Um, <laughs> and on top of that, I contacted... Um, lots of folks just in my Rolodex. This is where I contacted clients. This is where I shopped for a mortgage in a way that I don't think a lot of people do. And I think probably where having some industry knowledge helped me the most was um, going about the mortgage process, 100%. So I think I, uh, we made a few decisions um, that I think really helped us. So one of those was an adjustable rate mortgage, mm-hmm. um, which I've talked to folks who've bought two homes and don't know how adjustable mortgages work. Um, so you basically pay, you pay a one percentage point of the house up front um, as an added closing cost to get a lower interest rate. So if you're yeah. holding that loan for a certain amount of time, usually over about over a year, um, it can end up paying for itself. Um, so that was what we were looking at from the get-go. Um, and also for me being in the mortgage industry, um, for the better part of my life. Um, the one thing I felt like I could rely on is volatility of interest rates. So um, we were looking at you know, um, a, um, adjustable rates somewhere between five to, to 10 years. Um, and I felt incredibly confident that interest rates are going down in that time. Mm-hmm. Am I gonna be wrong in seven years? We'll see, I don't think so. Um, but I felt really confident that I could lock in that period and it's going to help us get into a 
uh, you know, a, a little higher price point of a house now, um, but still fit in our monthly costs. And then we can kind of adjust that down the road as, as things happen. So um, we were um, seeing quotes there at the time as low as about three, six, yeah. um, which for this market now is incredibly low. I mean, you talk to folks from a year ago, two years ago, they're below three in some cases. Mm-hmm. Everyone likes to brag about their interest rate. Um, it's, but ultimately it comes down to, you know, what you can afford monthly. Yeah. Um, I think this was where I, I made another thing that I thought worked out really well is um, knowing about PMI and also knowing um, what our budget was for money up front. Um, whereas we weren't at the point where we felt comfortable putting 20% down, I knew that PMI jumps if you're below 10% down. Yeah. So we just hit that threshold to the point where it allowed us to get locked into this product that had a lower interest rate, ultimately 3.8. But um, it also minimized that PMI in a way that that we can manage it and hopefully down the road, um, either through paying the mortgage or through putting some money down um, when we do refi, we can eliminate that PMI altogether. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was helpful. And then, you know, putting that into the budgeting along with homeowners insurance, um, as well as getting a good estimate of the real estate taxes and figuring that out, um, you know, I have a spreadsheet I'm still using for all of our costs with everything. Um, and then I think the thing that I would really recommend to everyone is, um, once you get that, I had a, we had a prequal already, but I was going through the prequal process with one of our mortgage brokers, and that allowed me to get an estimate. Mm-hmm. So I got an estimate with all of the fees, and then I sent that estimate, which had that lower rate of 3.8, to five to six other people, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think is necessarily common. I don't think people um, compare prices in necessarily that same way, but yeah. I basically, um, anyone I talked to said, can you beat this? Right. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, um, well, they didn't. That was the offer I ended up going with. But a lot of folks just said, like, no, if you can get this loan, go with it. Right. Yeah. Like it is. You know, so um, it was good to see. It was definitely interesting seeing um, the loan officer process of talking to folks who um, the sales aspect of it, of they understood the questions or they understood I was kind of at the point where there are things I knew, but a lot of stuff I didn't know. So I think I was probably a frustrating client in that regard. Like one person was telling me, um, I was talking about percent down and he was saying how putting 5%, 10% down instead of 5% versus 20, you know, a stronger offer helps. So if you put 10% down, that offer is looked more favorably than 5% down. And this was while, um, as I mentioned in our earlier podcast, um, there was um, a property we put an offer on, went for an all-cash offer, $128,000 above ask. So I was like, hey, you know, an extra 5% down sounds nice, but at the end of the day, it's not going to matter a damn. So I think I, I and while that was a conversation where I literally stopped the person of like, you're talking too much. Here's what I ultimately need to know. Mm-hmm. So um, that's probably just part of me being difficult. But um, I think, you know, to reiterate the things that I found that were really helpful was um, getting that estimate, shopping around, being comfortable with different product types, understanding how some of the charges like PMI work. Um, and ultimately now we're probably, I don't know, we're one to $200 a month under what our budget was um, with the house we're really happy about. So I was, was happy with, with how that came out, but it was um, definitely um, having that knowledge about the process, I think, helped um, in terms of the mindset, shopping around, and knowing enough to not be intimidated by the fact that 
you know, my mortgage could be 9% in a few years if I'm not careful about it with, uh, with an adjustable rate because that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah, and I think it's so important as we see, we're seeing a lot of talk about non-QM products, mm-hmm. right, um, and non-traditional mortgages. How do you think homebuyer education comes into play um, when we're talking about these non-traditional mortgages, right? Because you ended yeah. up with an arm, which is not traditional by any right. stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, if How do you think lenders could prepare people that don't have your level of knowledge to look at a product like that? They have to put a lot of information out. Um, I think, um, you know, working with realtors is probably helpful. Even the, the realtor I spoke with, they, um, they mentioned adjustable rate. They mentioned people who had gone through it. But um, I think you have to kind of know how it works. Um, and I don't even know the folks I talked to necessarily explained it that well if I didn't know about it. And even what I knew is, you know, there's seven slash one was what we went for. Like seven years and then it changes once, but there's a seven slash six, a seven slash five. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what some of those things mean. And, and people, you know, anyone who does one thing so much can kind of talk in a jargon that people don't understand. So I think you, you fall victim to that. But I think you have to put a lot of content out there. I think you have to put a lot of information and, you know, do a good job just not talking about the features of an adjustable rate, but the benefits up. Yeah. Right. And then also too, you know, understanding, looking at the mortgage, the interest rate over the last seven years or historically over seven years and showing, hey, these are the dips in the mortgage rate. Here's, you know, what you would likely be looking at. Here's what actually happens if the interest rate changes. But here are your options within seven years. You can sell the property, you can refinance, Mm -hmm. um, or you can hang on to that loan Yeah. or pay it all off. Live your best life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I think that's so important. I mean, it's something we talk about a lot here at mm-hmm. Lodestar is clarity to our home buyers, yeah. with specifically around closing costs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah. always what we're big fans fans of education yeah, and I over think, here. And this was actually where the one point in the process where I quoted Lodestar too um, was ran a Lodestar quote, double check closing costs. Um, I think this is a part of the process that's probably the most confusing is all of the costs that you're getting. How do you look at estimates? Um, the, the bank where we did get a prequal, um, we had them send us an estimate partially because I was curious about what they were going to send. But I also noticed, too, that they automatically included a enhanced owner's policy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about two to $3,000 extra, mm-hmm. right? And depending on you know, what actually title looks like, what your home looks like, you may not have to need that level of protection. It, 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 it can depend, right? But without understanding that, you know, that's an extra $3,000 that you're going to be paying up front. Yeah. Um, so those types of things, it was definitely interesting seeing, seeing throughout the process of what, what gets quoted where. Um, and then and this was where I guess we'll talk about more title at the end of the day. I did utilize my family's title company for this. So I um, mean, if you didn't, I was, think you'd yeah. be disowned. <laughs> but that was another thing, too, I guess I uh, was more apt to mention during the realtor process. But anytime we were about to make an offer on a property, I ran a preliminary seller's title search mm-hmm. where you could see if there's any issues up front. Right? And if you know a title company, if you're working with a mortgage broker or mortgage banker who has a title company connection, you can do that, but most people would, would not. So those are, those are definitely you know, where leveraging that experience, leveraging the network was something I tried to do a lot. Perfect. Mm-hmm. 
Well, this has been very informative. Yeah, we're very excited. I hope to, so. We're very excited to jump into the title side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone wants extended content on this, we're always happy to talk about this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll get two to three more out of this, no problem. Yeah. We got to talk about the title agent. We got to talk about leading up to close, post close, general reflections. So. The move in. Yeah. Oh, true. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get Sarah in here too to talk about oh, her yeah. thoughts and feelings on it. So absolutely. Yes. Excellent. Um. So thank you guys all for watching. Uh, mm-hmm. We're so excited to have you with us on this summer series and also to learn more about Jim's uh, home buying experience. Um. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see everyone next week. And thank you, Elaine. My pleasure.